You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to the second bonus episode from Season 1 of Strides Forward, where we focus on stories about women marathon and ultramarathon runners. I'm Cherie Louise Turner, a runner and the host and creator of Strides Forward. Hey, return listener, welcome back. And if you're new, well, hello. I'm so happy you're here. We have a lot going on at Strides Forward, so before we get started with the episode, I wanted to share a few updates. To start, we have a listener survey. We're really thankful to those of you who have already filled it out, and if you're not one of them yet, all you need to do is click the link at the top of our homepage, stridesforwardpodcast.com. And I'm excited to announce the topic of our next season. Running in the female body. We're touching on three experiences that are common to many women runners. Navigating pregnancy, navigating red S, and navigating menopause. Each episode will feature one runner sharing her experience with one of these topics. We have another great lineup of athletes from all over the world who have excellent stories to share. That kicks off at the beginning of February. But even before we get to that, to start off the new year, we have a special one-off episode featuring world-class ultra runner and overall outstanding human being, Courtney DeWalter. Her story focuses on problem solving, especially as it applies to very long running challenges, which Courtney is well known for. Courtney has a deep curiosity about exploring human potential in ultra running And she's developed a great strength in how to work through the many challenges that come up. Watch our feed for that episode in just a few weeks. Okay, so now on to this episode. Similar to the last bonus episode, I've gathered together clips from Season 1 that have really stuck with me. If you're new here, Season 1 featured stories that focused on South Africa's 90-kilometer or 56-mile Comrades Marathon. It's the oldest and largest ultra-distance running race in the world. The last episode featured clips about how running makes us feel better. For this episode, I've gathered clips about the transformative ability of running, how the simple act of putting one foot in front of the other can serve as a catalyst for change in ourselves and in others. South African running legend Blanche Moila has known this for a long, long time. I was incredibly honored to get to sit down with Blanche and hear her story. It touches on so many ways that running impacted her, the people in her immediate community, and even future leaders of the nation. Um, But needless to say, there were more positive feedback from other communities than negative. 
I had one or two people hurl abuse at me, but um, you know, as I've said many a times, when you are given lemons, make lemonade. And I relied on my legs to make the lemonade, and I just ran faster, and it just gave me the strength to go harder and and uh, to prove that I belong on those podiums, you know. Blanche was one of the best runners in South Africa during her elite running career in the 1980s and 90s. She was also, to use her preferred words, the first melanin-enriched South African woman athlete to earn a place on the national team. That was during apartheid. While it hadn't been Blanche's goal to make social and political history in South Africa, she was certainly aware of what it meant. And she accepted that wearing the colors of the national team put her in the spotlight. I, I accepted those with responsibility, a lot of the responsibility, knowing that I could go back to my community and say it's doable. Come on, ladies, you can do this. Let's get more of us on the running field. And over the years, we, we've had lots of our goals now are really dominating. Um, you know, cross-country, um, 10Ks, and so forth. And, and, and that's really heartwarming. But she wasn't perhaps quite aware of how far the inspiration of her achievements was reaching. In this final clip from Blanche's story, she mentions Robben Island, which was home to a notoriously harsh South African prison. During apartheid, many black political prisoners were sent there, including former South African President Nelson Mandela and high-ranking politician Jeff Hedebe. Blanche also mentions former President Thabo Mbeki. The leadership that was in Robben Island at the time, I wasn't aware, they were aware of my running. But when they came out of Robben Island, I was informed by, uh, well, the minister, uh, Chef Hadebe first, when he met me, that when they were in Robben Island, I was an inspiration. They knew when I was doing so well that um, the, the change was imminent. And at a later stage, I met President Nelson Mandela and Thabo uh, Mbeki uh, at um, an award ceremony. And once again, they reiterated that I really brought joy. They, they were so excited when they saw me running that well. That was humbling because I wasn't aware. I, didn't even, I wasn't even aware they had TV in Drummond Island. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that was just such an accolade. So irrespective of the challenges I had, when I got that feedback, I knew that I had done okay. <laughs> I think a little more than okay. <laughs> Next up is elite South African runner Eni Manzini, who is also forging a path of inspiration for others to follow. Eni's story is one of great triumph, but also of great adversity. After years of suffering domestic abuse, Eni divorced her husband and took sole responsibility of their two children. She also works as a firefighter and paramedic. Throughout it all, Eni has pursued her dream of reaching her full potential as a runner. Comrades plays a key role in that journey for one very straightforward reason. 
good comrade marathon is a long distance it's a hard race but if your mind is strong you can conquer it if you work on your mental fitness and that can be achieved through your training because you start start to teach your mental state during training to be able to work hard to be able to to withstand it's only our mind that sometimes may try to discourage us that's the really the thing about comrade if you conquer it then you feel proud of yourself you feel that you can achieve anything During our first season, we were also so fortunate to hear from Dual Comrades Trailblazer Cheryl Wynn. Today, Cheryl serves as the chairperson of the race, but her relationship with Comrades goes way back to when she was discovering her talent and passion for running. Cheryl first ran Comrades in 1978, and she won the race in 1982. She is the first chairperson of the race to also be a former champion. Here, Cheryl shares what facing a challenge as big as comrades means to her. There's something about committing yourself to something that's as big as the Comrades Marathon. It, 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 it takes a, so much sacrifice and and um, blood, sweat, and tears, and and then actually getting to the end, to that finish line, and realizing that you could actually do this, that does sort of change your perception of yourself. I mean, it changes what you believe about yourself, and it changes your, I don't know, your entire set of values and the way you want to live your life. And but you come away from that race and you actually know that you can pretty much do anything that you set your mind to. And I think that's, you know, really the lesson of Comrades Marathon. It's, it's just one of, of, of exactly how much the human body can do if the mind commits itself. We were thrilled to get to feature elite South African runner Anne Ashworth in not only one but two episodes of our first season— We followed her journey to victory at the 2018 Comrades and learn how winning on that day surprised her as much or more than anyone else. Anne was also featured in our episode about Team MassMart, South Africa's first all-women's elite and sub-elite long-distance running team, which Anne founded and developed. This clip speaks to how the transformative power of running is sometimes in how we support others in their pursuit of the sport. I've been raised to help people. I think that we have a moral obligation to do everything that we can to assist other people. And so if there's a way that I can assist somebody else, then I need to do that. And the second thing that I've that I've always been raised to believe is that each of us are capable of making a difference. So I identified, hey, where can I make a difference? What what can I do to make a difference here in South Africa? And you know, I wasn't going to start a, a charity or an NGO or like I mean, I don't have the means, knowledge, or skill to do that. There's basically only two things I know how to do. One is to be an attorney or an advocate, and the other is to be a runner. 
And so I had to choose of these two things, which am I going to do? Where am I going to make my difference? And I decided to make the difference in running. And my contribution, how I'm helping out is trying to develop, inspire, motivate women to be better and to be more committed to ultra distance running because it's something that I'm passionate about and it's something that I can share in. 2019 Comrades finisher Karen Williams, who is also South African, understands a lot about being on the receiving end of other people sharing their running enthusiasm. She wasn't interested in running at all when she was first encouraged to lace up. I have basically no athletic background. I played like the little bit of school sports, you know, just to participate really, nothing. And then after school, I was just a big couch potato. And then um, in 2011, my sister joined the running club, Iteko. And she said they actually help you from starting from nothing to become a runner. And she begged me to come join them. And I said, no, I'm not interested. I'm not a runner. But she kept on and on. And then I finally I, I went there and I thought, oh, this is actually, it's nice because it's something that you can do. I never thought I could run. But they showed me how to start slowly and then building up a bit. and And then I just stuck to it. And over the years, Karen worked up to being able to finish the Mighty Comrades. It's just an amazing thing to do and to be able to say that you did that. I'm still amazed that I could do something like that, that my non-athletic body can carry me through that, that it can just do it. So... And I think that is the, the amazing part, that you can push yourself a little bit more, not beyond your means, but beyond what you thought you could do. That there's a little bit extra and you can try that and then you see, and then you're amazed at more things that you can do. To round out this episode, we hear from Indian runner Anjali Saroji. When I first contacted Anjali, this podcast was just an idea and I was a total stranger to her. But she responded immediately, and we patched together an interview between my closet in Boston, Massachusetts, and her home in Calcutta in India. I could not have been more thrilled to get her whole story and to be able to share it. Anjali discovered her love of running in her early 40s, and Comrades was her first ultramarathon. She has gone on to be one of India's top ultramarathon and marathon runners, and she's an inspiration to women throughout the country and beyond. Her total love of the sport is infectious. You know, the thing is, I enjoy it so much that I do suffer, but I enjoy the suffering. I, well, I don't know if that's a good thing, but I feel stronger and I feel more tolerant, I'm more calm, I'm more peaceful, because when I finish my run, I always feel that, yes, I'm a better person, and I want to be the best version of myself that I can, and I want to be a nicer person, and I know that I can keep improving as a human being, and I know if I keep running, I'll keep improving. I'll be a better mother, a better wife, a better friend, a better worker, a better everything. 
And that's it for this bonus episode of Strides Forward. The original music and sound design is done by Cormac O'Regan from his studio in Cork, Ireland. April Mariner of Bonfire Collaborative in Truckee, California, keeps the branding and website design looking great. You can find April at bonfirecollaborative.com. Thank you so much for listening. And please remember to go to stridesforwardpodcast.com and click the link to our survey. Your opinions help shape this show, and really, we just love to hear from you. We'll be back in early January with our special episode featuring Courtney DeWalter and then launching season two at the beginning of February. Until then, we wish you satisfying strides forward. There is no hood like parenthood. When you meet a fellow parent, you just kind of get each other on a whole nother level. Hi, I'm Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm a former CNN journalist, mom of three, including twins, and host of That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast. I interview change makers on their life lessons, legacy, and superpower of intuition, aka their mom sense and dad sense. I've had some pretty amazing parents on my show. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Episodes release every Thursday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Join my tribe at thatstotalmomsense.com and follow me on Instagram at Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you.